Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one, spoiler free. Um, so we, this is a little weird one this week, um, we will be providing spoilers for both the episode we talk about and future episodes up to the season two finale, um, but nothing beyond the season two finale. Uh, I'm Harrison, and I'm a disconcerting library with two stories. And I'm totally Jason, bruh, because you know what? This is a fucking 90s of shit episode, man. We are going totally rad to the max AM. What episode are we watching this week, bro-ham? I was not prepared. <laughs> um, uh, uh, we are watching in honor of the 23rd anniversary of the premiere of Buffy, the original unaired pilot episode. Uh, this is the one where, who the fuck is that? That's not Willow. <laughs> who the fuck is that? That's Stephen Tobolowsky, not Principal <laughs> Flutie. Uh, where's the master? Where's Angel? Um, all of those feelings. Why does the library look like that? Where's Joyce? The unaired Buffy pilot was written and directed by Joss Whedon and originally aired never. Duh. Play that intro music. Booze and Buffy. So Jason, what are we drinking today? <laughs> are you going to be alright? Yeah, I'm going to be alright. Because we're totally rocking some nice white zinf, man. We are... This is what my mom drinks when she gets her girls together with a book club. They say they talk about books, but all they talk about is how much they hate their husbands. <laughs> so we're drinking white Zinfandel from a Franzia box again, because even though it's been a couple days for you all, it's been like an hour for us uh, since we last recorded. Um, so uh, I'm going to say, wait, did I did the toast last time, so it's your toast. All right, here we go, man. Well, the light's out. It's more dangerous. Here we are now, entertainers. Wow. I, I can't handle you today. 90 to the max! I was going to toast to Riff Reagan, who plays Willow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for listeners, Grace just walked by and gave Jason the stink eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly a usual occurrence while we're recording. Uh, I think it looks lush. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Alright guys, I'm done with my 90s characters. <laughs> I just wanted to throw Harrison off so You bad. really did. I was like, what the hell is happening? Um, I was going to toast to Riff Reagan, who plays Willow in this episode... I don't even know what else she's ever done because she doesn't have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> um, she clearly has to have an IMDb, though, doesn't she? I mean, probably, but I, I rarely check that. <laughs> if they don't have their own Wikipedia page, I'm like, eh, it's not worth it. Um, yeah, so the unaired Buffy pilot. Happy birthday, Buffy. Not happy yeah. Buffy birthday, the character. Well, not happy birthday, Buffy, the character. Happy birthday, Buffy, the show. God damn it. Y'all know what I'm saying. Happy anniversary to the <laughs> original airing of the actual pilot of Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer. Welcome to Hellmouth Part 1. Yes. 
Um, We're going to respond with this unaired bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for listeners um, who just might not know the ins and outs of the television business, um, a pilot is an episode um, that is created usually as a um, like a proof of concept to a network. Yeah. So they, they film an episode, take it to the network and say, like, this is kind of what the idea of the show is. This is what it'll look like. This is um, uh, how much it'll cost. Because that's a big thing when making a pilot is, like, this is how much we, we paid to make this pilot. Um, please make it into a actual TV show. Um, and according to um, some study that's done... Only just over a quarter of all pilots produced actually go to series. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So there's so many pilots that have been created that so you, you will think, never see. Yeah. So if you think that like some of the shows on TV are garbage, yeah. guess what? They're the best of the garbage. <laughs> um, so pilots are done very differently sometimes. Some pilots... Um, go on to just become the first episode of the show. Um, sometimes they are gone back and they like completely like refilm it. And sometimes it's a little bit of both. Sometimes they'll use some stuff from what they filmed in the original and then they will um, film some new stuff. So um, one famous instance of that is the Game of Thrones uh, pilot which um, the original pilot that they filmed had a completely different actress whose name I cannot remember off the top of my head um, playing uh, Catelyn Stark. Okay. And so most of the stuff that doesn't involve her survived to be in Winter is Coming. Is that the first episode of Game of Thrones? Yes. Um, no, no, Winterfell. I think it's just called... Is it just Winterfell? Or- the first episode yeah. of Game of Thrones, regardless yeah. of what it's called. Definitely has winter in there somewhere. Um, so all the scenes not involving her are just used, and then they reshot um, all of her scenes with Michelle Fairley. Um, and it's very noticeable when um, in uh, Sophie Turner's face. She's noticeably <laughs> older in, in It is winter's scenes. coming. My winter's apologies. Coming. Okay. Um, Sophie Turner is noticeably older in certain scenes. Um, <laughs> her incredible bouncing age. Um, but then some shows, like, for instance, the Buffy pilot, they went back and completely reshot. Um, and the Buffy pilot, in, in fact, was never intended to be part of the show at all. Mm-hmm. It was um, as evidenced by the fact that it is 25 minutes long. Um, so... They um they really just were like this is what the concept of the show looks like to the network. Would you say this is your favorite unaired pilot? You know I've actually not watched a lot of them, so um, I've seen a couple. Um, there's the uh, there's the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers unaired pilot, uh-huh. which is infamous for like Bulk and Skull being almost to the point where they're rapey. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, it's been a wh- it's been a hot minute since I've seen it, but. Uh, yeah, they made a good decision not to air that mm-hmm. version. But I would have to say that my favorite, and I was all, and it's a mixed bag of it not going to a series, uh, Mercy Reef. It was a... Okay. Um, so in Smallville Season 5, they introduced the character of Aquaman, 
as a guest star, mm-hmm. uh, they wanted to make like an actual Aquaman series, yeah. and so they made Mercy Reef. However, they couldn't get Alan Richson to commit to the series, so they signed Justin Hartley, mm-hmm. um, who some of you might know from This Is Us, as, uh, as Oren uh, slash Arthur Curry. And it was actually like a pretty decent, uh, like, I, I can't remember what website I found it on, but it was like, oh... They, and it is pretty well put together. Like it almost, it looks as good as CW shows look now. Wow. Um, and uh, but then it wasn't uh, taken. In, it wasn't set to series. Wasn't taken to series. So, but they still had Justin Hartley on f- contract for six more episodes. So instead, they made him the Green Arrow on Smallville, hmm. and his character became so popular that. He became a main character starting in season eight of the show, I believe, and uh, for the, like the last three seasons, and this cut and like his character's popularity led to Arrow, oh. um, like them running with that show. Of course, they wanted to like start start over, yeah. and so Justin Hartley was no longer Arrow, but then he went on to go yeah. be in This Is Us. I think he's doing okay. Yeah, uh-huh. he's doing fine, and then of course, like Arrow spun out. The entire, uh, the entire like uh, Arrowverse on yeah. CW. So in a way, look at all those things that the Aquaman spinoff pilot that never went to series did. That is interesting. I did not know any of that. There you go. Um, so I have two points to piggyback off of that. Yeah. One is just a real short one. Um, I'm nearing the end of my West Wing watch. I'm like in the middle of season six. And once I finish it, I am planning on starting my first ever watch of Smallville. Yay! I'm very excited. Oh my gosh, you're going to love it because so much of the, like, first few seasons are, like, the first few seasons of Buffy. I am, yeah, I'm very excited. And, um, uh, my second point is on the, kind of steering us back to the subject of pilots, um, what you just mentioned is, um, another type of pilot, um, not, not exactly another type of pilot, but it... Um, made me think of another type of pilot, which is the backdoor pilot. Oh, yes. Which a backdoor pilot is when um, a an existing show uses one of its episodes to um, to set up a spinoff. So um, that episode of Gilmore Girls, where Jess goes to like California to like find his dad. I like how you pick one that was like. Not successful yeah. making the spinoff. Um, like successful ones happened in the Vampire Diaries, mm-hmm. uh, when an episode of that was um, set up for Klaus to go to New Orleans mm-hmm. and uh, set up the originals. Uh, Private Practice was mm-hmm. set up in Grey's Anatomy. Um, like every every iteration of CSI has one where they go to whatever city and like, yeah, and NCIS did um, as well, including yeah. like. A, the characters in NCIS, like at least a couple of them showed up in the episodes of JAG, which is where NCIS is from. Yeah. And I'm sure, um, I've, I've never watched Law and Order, but I'm sure Law and Order has done it as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Maud, I think, showed up on a couple of episodes of All in the Family before she mm-hmm. got her own show. Yeah. The Jefferson, well, I don't think the Jeffersons had a specific, like, backdoor pilot yeah because they were just like actual characters um there is an episode of the golden girls that kind of sets up um the empty nest spinoff i think is what it's called okay um and what is interesting is that um i would argue that um 
there really isn't a backdoor pilot episode for Angel. I was just thinking that. I, I think it, there is one episode in season three that I think sets up the show thematically. The themes, yeah. But not the actual, like, what the show will be. Yeah, like, the first uh, episode of Angel is, like, has a different setting mm-hmm. and is also, like... A little stylistically different yeah. uh, to Buffy. But you know what? We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's different too when you have a character who's really well established. You don't then necessarily again, like You can make the same that. argument about Addison because she was like a fairly well established okay. character on uh, on Grey's Anatomy. I don't know how familiar you are with that show. Not I've at all. seen the episode that Bernadette Peters is in. If that tells you anything about how gay I am. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? We just flung a whole lot of like TV trivia at yeah. you guys. Hope you um, enjoyed it. What's your favorite on-air pilot? Like, um, like I said, Mercy Reef. Yeah. Um, and also, just if you're listening and you haven't already watched the on-air pilot, if you want to, it's on YouTube. Um, it oh. has never been officially released. Last bit of Star Trek uh, trivia. And also the first bit of Star Trek <laughs> trivia. Last bit of TV <laughs> trivia. Um, uh, Star Trek actually had four pilots oh yeah yeah and um the first one that they gave actually five if you count the first one that was the cage which had um captain pike as captain of the enterprise and like a whole different crew with the exception of spock mm-hmm. and um and like the network said all right well we want get rid of the woman as as first officer of sexist assholes and get rid of the alien and um of Spock, racist assholes, <laughs> and uh, and uh, Gene Roddenberry said, "All right, I'll get rid of the female first officer." He would not budge on Spock, though. So, huh. and by the time, <laughs> and by the time they started filming more of the uh, like the next four pilots, because there are technically four episodes they made of the original series uh, that they were ready to send a pilot. Uh, Jeffrey Hunter, who had played Captain uh, Captain Pike was committed to um, another show. I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. Um, obviously, nothing that became yeah, as famous Star as Trek. Star Trek. So they got William Shatner mm-hmm. on. And uh, so it not only has those unaired pilots, or in this case, they were aired, um, but the cage was technically unaired for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also had a backdoor pilot that never got picked up for spinoff. And that was the oh, episode yeah. of Simon Earth, which introduced Gary Seven oh, yeah. and his um, and his cat Isis. I remember and that one. And I remember when I the first time I saw that episode, I'm like, this episode seems to be focusing a lot on this guy and not a lot on like the Enterprise mm-hmm. crew. And it turns out that they were like setting up a um, they were setting up a spinoff for that would just involve Gary Seven, but that did not come to fruition. I. I have seen at least one of those, like, original, one of those four pilots. Whichever ones were available. Well, no, they're all episodes. Are they? Yeah, they all later became episodes of the show. Okay. Yeah, the, the, like, there was Where No Man Had Gone Before. Okay. With, um, with Gary Mitchell. Uh, there was... Are they all on Netflix? Like... Yeah, they're all part of the series. Okay. There's Charlie X. Yeah. Mud's Women. And... Oh no! Come on, Jason, you got this. Um, the Corba might maneuver. Mm. Let me check and make sure. While Harrison dives into the next topic I, of conversation, I think that's right. That's that sounds correct. And I've like, seen this is, all of those episodes. This is so. this is my 
This is like the one thing that I'm good at, Star Trek <laughs> trivia, so... Oh, hang on. But anyway... Harrison, please go into okay. it. So, the Buffy pilot... Um, so, the Buffy unaired pilot does share quite a bit of... Um, uh, quite a few similarities to its counterpoint, uh, Welcome to the Hellmouth and the Harvest, but also has quite a few differences... Um, so some of the big differences I kind of alluded to in the beginning, you have, um, a different actress playing Willow named Riff Reagan. Um, there's no master. Um, Stephen Tobolowsky plays Principal Flutie instead of, um, oh gosh, the actor who will originally, initially, eventually play him's name is Ken Lerner. Um... You also get an early appearance from Jonathan, uh, played by James. Was that Jonathan? I was wondering. It was. It's a little. It was a little hard to see because the quality is not very good. Yeah. Um, But um, yes, it is. It is actually him. Um, He does not actually officially appear in the show until um, season two in *Kamami Girl*. Uh, That episode also sets up. Inca Mommy Girl is also the first introduction of Dingo's Ate My Baby, but they are name-dropped in this episode. Um, and then we also get an early appearance of Harmony, who doesn't actually appear in the real series until the second episode. And then this episode also has no Angel and no Joyce Summers. So, yeah. I'm missing a lot of the stuff that we really enjoy about it. Yeah. Also, Buffy's a brunette. Okay, so I honestly didn't know if that was, like, if that was, like, the quality that we were watching, because we watched it on YouTube. Yeah. It's a bootleg, it's, it's a, and the quality is rough, but yeah, she is brunette, which is, uh, just don't care for that. But, um, <laughs> I just want to start from, like, the, uh, beginning of the episode. This guy punches through a window to break into the school to show this girl a good time, and I'm like... Surely there are better ways than just punching through a window. Right. Like, and, and, and he takes her to, like, the drama, like, mm-hmm. the, almost the drama studio. <laughs> uh, he, he, t- he takes her to, the, like, the theater yeah. where they have a set for what looks like Tennessee Williams presenting West Side Story. Yeah. I'm not sure. Really not sure what that set's <laughs> supposed to be. So, um, very similar to this, the opening sequence in the original pilot, but they are in the science classroom, I think, in the original... In, in Welcome to the Hellmouth, mm-hmm. um, instead of the this theater set. Well, they, well, yeah, but they like they break into the science lab, yeah, and then go to the theater set, yeah. Um, Which apparently is like the happening place to, for vampires to kill high school students, right? Um, that's what I would do if I were a vampire. <laughs> um, the school is named Berryman High School in this pilot, and not Sunnydale <laughs> High School, and their mascot is the Bulls and not the Razorbacks. So, you know, um, but yeah, this is when, just like in Welcome to the Hellmouth, Julie Benz, who's playing Darla, although she's not named in, in this episode, she's just some vampire. Um, and honestly, if not for the master, she probably wouldn't have been named in the first episode either. Probably, yeah. Um, she bites him and kills him and he's dead. Um, so very similar opening sequence, but does have some superficial 
differences. Yeah. And then they go into, like, I know they don't have, like, the fully filmed sequence, like, ready to go, but just having, like, the the title of the show appear in that weird font yep. over the scene, I think I, like, I made the reference, like, God, it looks like the full house opening. Yeah. Also, it's just, like, that font is, like, it's not the Buffy font. It's no. Like, it's not, it's it not only like. that, it's also, like, really bright and cheery. Yeah. Like, that's not what this show's about. It's weird. Um, so, we meet uh, Buffy. She's being shown around the school by Principal Flutie, who, as I mentioned before, is um, played by Stephen Tobolowsky. Which well was very strange. Character. Yeah, very well-known character actor. Um, and there's this running bit that he doesn't... He can't remember her name, and he keeps calling her Bunny and Betty... And at one point, Wilma. Well, yeah, because he's like, he guesses Betty twice and then just goes to Wilma because, like, all he can think of is Flintstone characters, apparently. (laughs) Might as well call her Pebbles next. Um, Ooh, I want some Fruity Pebbles. Dude, I could go down for those. Oh, yeah. Um, So, I see, if if I were Buffy, I'd be like, oh, Principal Tromboni? Principal Guitari, Principal Principal Harpy, <laughs> Principal Triangle-y. It's Flutie. Hey, um, that's what that's what Buffy plays in the band. She plays the triangle. Yeah, I mean drums. Skins. I mean drums. Um, so we meet Xander and Willow. Um, I'm actually no. We meet Xander and we meet not Willow. Um, I suspect that part of the reason. Um, that Rip Reagan was replaced is because she. Uh, I would. I'd be willing to bet when the show was made that the uh, network wanted a slimmer actress. Yeah, I can easily see that being the case. Yeah. Um, which that's not okay. However, this girl is not good. She's. She's. I don't know. She's. It's like where when Allison Hannigan has those awkward moments as Willow. It's like awkward and funny and usually and adorable, yeah. yeah. But like um, Riff Regan just kind of like doesn't really give a lot of character to it. No, I was so it's, bored it's, by it, her. It's more just like she thought that this was like a line reading or something, but they were filming it. Yeah, it's very. She's very flat. She doesn't really. She does nothing to make me like her to the point where when she's getting like attacked by the vampire at the end, I'm just like. Eh. Killer. Like, I don't care. <laughs> oh, God. I really, I was just like, I don't give two flying farts yeah, about and, this and, character. And obviously, like, the most important thing in Buffy is the chemistry between the main characters. And she, and I'm saying this as, like, this is my first summer for watching the unaired pilot. Um, and so I'm obviously used to seeing um, Allison Hannigan, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, and Nicholas Brennan playing off of each other. Um, and it just it, it just felt weird. Just didn't mm-hmm. feel like that chemistry wasn't there. No, and and it's really striking because I, that chemistry between Sarah and Nicholas Brendan is there. Yeah. I think from the get go. Um, Honestly, Xander comes off as slightly less douchey in this. He actually mm-hmm. seems to have a little bit of. He's he's a little suave. Yeah. And, uh, except for his um, oh, oh. new and improved line, which was oh god, yeah, that like <laughs> the Chatteler the came, we all yeah, know the Chatteler that. came out because <laughs> like uh, when he bumps into Buffy and um, she like drops her purse 
and uh, he's like, oh, I don't know you. He's like, oh, and she's like, oh, I'm new. And then she like rushes away, and he says, and improves. I'm like, oh god, Sander, <laughs> you suck. Um, here we get also our introduction to Cordelia and Harmony. Um, and this is different. We are introduced to Cordelia in Welcome to the Hellmouth. Buffy meets her in, um, I think, history class. And they kind of are friendly and get along until Willow, or until Cordelia insults Willow in front of Buffy. And we kind of see her true colors. Here, Cordelia is just like right out of the gate. We, we see that she's mean. She's kind of Yeah, a and later she like wants to... Like, later when Buffy's talking with Willow, she, like, pulls Buffy away into, like, make her the po- in the popular group. Yeah. And, like, ugh. Yeah. It's... I I, I don't... I, I like the way she's introduced much better in the show proper. Um, she... It's um, kind of like a, how Dr. Kelso is introduced in... Um, in the first episode of Scrubs. Yeah, like, very like, friendly, oh, very amicable. Yeah, yeah, and like, and and uh, Dr. Cox has like just this huge uh, bone to pick with him. JD can't figure out why. And then like all of a sudden at the very end of the episode, um, it it's actually leads into one of my favorite lines when um, like Kelso just like berates him and makes him feel like crap. And then like in his head, JD says, oh, well, if he's the... If he's the villain, then who's the hero? And all of a sudden, like, you know, this guy has been giving JD a tough time this mm-hmm. whole episode. is like, he's the one who's actually looking out for the patients and who will eventually look out for yeah JD and the other characters. Such a good show. I remember, love that show. Remember when Can we do a Scrubs podcast? I mean, why not? Uh, like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually, like, I know we're, like, kind of, like, using sarcastic tones, but I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that. We'll talk off here. We'll talk off All right, that. yeah. Uh, remember when Dr. Cox... Or punch Dr. Kelso in the face. It's one of my favorite moments. Especially in season two when Dr. Kelso is like, it's amazing how a room full of people and no one saw him hit me. And it's like, <laughs> amazing. I love when, uh, when JD pictures it as uh, as um, as Dr. Cox's Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> um, so, at this point, Buffy enters the scene Um Buffy is not paying attention. She bumps into Xander. Um, similarly to in the uh, the pilot, she drops her purse. He helps her pick it up. And she walks away and he... Uh, She's trying to get to the library, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, he gives her directions. And when she leaves, he picks up her steak. Yeah, you forgot your steak. <laughs> um, we go into a library... <laughs> Hashtag not, not, the, my, not my library. Not my library. Um, it actually does look like a. <laughs> so I remember library. when I thought, um, I thought like, oh, this library looks really great. It even has the spiral staircase. But then I figured out what problem that posed when later in the episode, Jow's like giving the whole like, oh, you are the Slayer, and like he's giving her the speeches. He's walking down the spiral staircase, but he has to stop. Whenever he's facing away from her. Yep. And then comes back around to continue the speech. It's really awkward. <laughs> um, do you remember the first year we went on the cabin trip? Dude, I will not forget that. And that uh, that cabin we had that had that spiral staircase. 
And how many people, after drinking too much and forgetting it was there, would like stand up quickly and so smash their heads? I on actually it? wasn't drinking too much. I uh, the story of how I did it was uh, one of our friends who will go unnamed was had had a little too much to drink and didn't want to stop drinking. So I decided to take one of stop laughing and let me finish the damn story. So I decided to trick her and fill a beer bottle with water because at this point she was so blitzed she wouldn't even know that what she was doing so i handed it to her and she was like oh this is good and and like that's great so that was my primary concern that when i went to turn around and walk the other way the staircase was right there and i banged right into it oh so my i was probably the only one that weekend to hit that sober oh my gosh i well I'm gonna I'm gonna text her later and be like I don't know if she listens to the show. I'll be like, listen to this episode. You get a not a name drop, but a, a story drop. Um, yeah. So this library is like has actual lots of shelves of books. Yeah, and um, and I know that in the show there's like more in that like second room. But still, yeah. um, we never see much of the, the full library. And um, it has a second level with a spiral staircase. I guess like to get Allison Hannigan, they had to scale down the library. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder if maybe that's the set they ended up using for the bronze. Doesn't the bronze have a spiral staircase going up to its it second does, level? It does, and it wouldn't surprise me. I was honestly trying to think, like, is there something like maybe a villain hideout, like a warehouse or something mm-hmm. that they use for that? But then again, it wouldn't surprise me if they redress the warehouse, the bronze set for any warehouse oh, that they absolutely. have. absolutely. I mean, it has the rafters, and it has, like, the... the um, the walkways yeah. or whatever. Like, so many rooms are just Buffy's bedroom. Yeah. Like, filmed <laughs> at a slightly different angle and with different decorations. Yeah. Um, so, she meets Giles. Um, and this scene is pretty outside of being filmed. Yeah, it's been a while since I've watched the pilot, but I very much, like, saw... Like, I remembered all of this. It's like, oh, yes, I know exactly what you want. And boom, vampire tome. Vampire. Uh, which, I, as I mentioned, when we were uh, watching, you need to get me one of those. Um, and she's like, that's not what I'm looking for. And I, I mentioned this when we did our original Welcome to the Hellmouth episode. But what if, what if there was a different new girl that day? What if there were two <laughs> girls who started Sunnydale High that day, and that other girl went into the library, and she's like, I'm new, I need books. And the librarian's like, is this what you need? <laughs> She'd be like, I'm calling the police. He's like, oh, my mistake. And Giles in his head is like, shit. <laughs> um, we... Um, this is the scene. Their next scene is um, Buffy goes to cl- a class, and at the end of the class, Willow introduces herself to Buffy. Oh, this is when I noticed like the music. There is, is weird. some weird music going on here. It's like somebody fell asleep on like a synth keyboard or something like that. It was. I was like, what? What is this? I mean, the '90s is on full throttle oh, in this God. episode. It is. I mean, they would have been filming this probably in like '95. I would imagine, because um, so the original episode aired in March of '97. So yeah. I would imagine, well, they were filming probably in 
well, the whole season had been filmed before the first episode ever aired. So probably in fall of like 96 is when they were filming all that. I'm just guessing. Yeah. So I, and then, so probably late 95 was when I would say maybe when, or early 96 was when they filmed this. I would guess. Um, but, um, Willow introduces herself to Buffy, um, saying that the teacher asked her to help Buffy get caught up. Um, and this is different in how they're introduced in the original, in the actual pilot where Buffy goes to Willow and says like, Hey, I've been told you're the person to talk to, to help me get caught up. Yeah. Like a drug deal. (laughs) (laughs) And it's one of my favorites is when she's like, you're Willow, right? And Willow's sitting there and like eating her sandwich or whatever, really cute. And she's like, yeah, I can move if you want to sit here. (laughs) It's like, um, so I missed that. But Buffy does have a line here that I really liked where she's like, history is not really my best subject. I don't really have a best subject. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, and I, I, I was like, that could. I wish that had survived the, uh, the trip. Yeah, and then they're like, then they're walking along the hallway, and Buffy's just like kind of heaping praise onto Willow, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously, like she just really kind of wants to have a friend, somebody in her corner, and uh, so she's like uses so many 90-isms. Yep. Uh, she uses lush. Lush. Um, she makes a weird, like, metaphor about, like... Like, Home Depot and something put together made Martha Stewart. <laughs> yeah. And it's and, like she's trying to, like... Like... Like, compliment Willow's dress or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It, it's really... It is really weird because, like, we were often told that, uh... Like, before Buffy became the Slayer, she was a lot like Cordelia... Boy, does it show in this. It's like, oh, even after she became the Slayer, she, like, maybe it's her persona that she gives to everybody else, but it is so, like, in your face, like, 90s bad bitch. Yeah. Um, They talk about Giles, and we learn that he started a couple weeks ago. He was a um, curator of a British museum, and then she's like, Will is like, I don't know why he'd be here. Although we do have a pretty impressive collection. I'm like, what the fuck? And then, <laughs> and then um, Cordelia, Harmony, and girl number three enter. Yeah. <laughs> I really love, and this is something that like goes into like tracks into the rest of the series too. Whenever we see the Cordettes, it's always Cordelia. Harmony is her number two. And then like, random girl or two who just like cycle in and out it's like never the same like extras for the other cordettes but yeah like uh that's when cordelia moves in and tries to like immediately oh you need to be part of the cool kids or whatever and then just like literally just drags Buffy away from Willow. And Buffy doesn't, like, there's no, like, real reaction. There it's isn't. just, like, Buffy just kind of goes, and Willow just kind of stands there like a, like a, like a charmless statue. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, somebody who knows, like, wow, this might not be the show for me. Right. <laughs> but, um, um, she, uh, and then I think is when we go to the locker the room. locker room. So, and this is a scene, it is filmed, um... The locker room looks different. It's filmed differently. But the dialogue is almost word for word what's in the actual episode. And I'm glad to see it exists here because it's one of my favorite moments of the first episode where they're talking um, two girls, the first of whom's name is Aura. 
And the other girl is like, have you seen that new girl? She's so weird. And what sort of name is Buffy anyway? And this other girl walks past and goes, oh, hey, Aphrodisia. (laughs) 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 It is, like, that joke is fucking funny. It really is. It is so fucking funny. Top drawer, top drawer. Uh, (laughs) Oh, hey, Aphrodisia. (laughs) And then, um... She, they're talking about Buffy about how she got kicked out of her old school. This is all pretty much word for word. As I said, what happens in Welcome to the Hellmouth? She opens her locker and dead body falls out. There on you her. go. Um, and uh, here's this our wiki a- for the week. Um, the uh, the body of the boy killed the previous night falls out of her locker onto Aphrodisia, making her go into a screaming fit. <laughs> Buffy wiki never change. <laughs> Um, this then leads to the reason that I made that comment about Xander earlier, um, when they're pointing out, like, all the different cliques, um, mm-hmm. I feel mean like... girl style. Yeah, no, <laughs> but I honestly feel like the, like, the chemistry is great, mm-hmm. and, like, I mean, I'm not saying that every interaction between a straight guy and a girl has to involve, like, um, possible, like, attraction, dating and stuff, but I mean, I feel like... If that's what Xander is going for, which he is absolutely going for in the real series, yeah, um, he d- he was doing a pretty decent job in this. Like, I mean, it, like he could be either a friend or a possible love. This, ver- yeah, this version of Xander, I buy a little more as a as a potential love interest. Yeah, than- this one would only have the chat alert going off maybe once an episode because he's a guy in the nineties. Yeah. Um. Willow comes and tells them about the um, the dead, dead boy. body. Dead boy. Um, it is a pale imitation of the scene that we get in Welcome to the Hellmouth, which is Cordelia comes up and she's like, I just came to tell you that Jim is cancelled due to a case of an extreme dead guy in the locker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do still get the line of um, the... Um, Way dead. Or no, was it in the... the No, she still says, don't you have an elsewhere to be, which is one of my favorites. But we don't get the um, way dead. Totally dead. So not just a little dead. <laughs> I think we I think we do get do, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because now that you say that, because it made me think of the Princess Bride. Uh, <laughs> that is one of my favorite Cordelia lines. Way dead. Totally dead. So not but just yeah, a little it, dead. It, um, don't you have an elsewhere to be? <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then like... Uh, What's weird about this is that, uh, um, like, the Cordettes are, like, I think at this moment they're, like, insulting Willow, and uh, Buffy's, like, run off to the library, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Xander is, like, trying to engage with the Cordettes, but literally, he doesn't have those zingers. Yeah. Like, uh, they said, oh, has any girl ever talked to you, like, willingly or whatever, and of their own free will, and Xander says, like... No, and I don't know why. And she's like, oh, why don't you try checking a mirror? And, like, that kind of would have been, like, a perfect moment for a Xander, like, yeah, singer. Well, yeah, but, like, he didn't have it. No. So this Xander's a lot less of a douche. He's, like, he's barely a Chad. <laughs> Chad Light. Um, Willow goes to find Principal Flutie. And he's kind of like a Kevin. He's a Kevin. Yeah, like, Kevin is a guy who could very much... Who has douchey tendencies, 
but overall, like, a really good guy. I am gonna, we're gonna need to sit down, and you're just gonna need to hash out hierarchy all the different classifications. Is there anything worse than a Chad? Um, uh, Brad's aren't great. Okay. Um, I can hear the sound of listeners just turning off and like, fuck this guy. (laughs) Um, oh god, like, Chad's kind of like the first thing that pops in my head every time. Um, I don't know, like, if I'm trying to think of, like, a Tristan's <laughs> uh, played by Chad Michael Murray in uh, Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I had a, I knew someone in high school who I really, really didn't like, whose name was, um, his name was Keith. Oh, Keith's a bad one. Uh, yeah, and I remember there's a Family Guy bit where they're, like, trying to, like, break into a vault or something. Yeah. It's like, what is the worst male name in the human, like, language? And Peter just thinks about it for a second and goes... Keith. <laughs> I lost it the first time I watched that episode. Actually, I think, um, so when I was in college, uh, there was this girl that I liked um, my freshman year, and uh, my um, and my friend and I, we would like, uh, we walk by and we would see that, like, they would be on their way to a class, and uh, like, there was that girl and um, her friend, but they also were like, always flanked by these two guys, and um, they may or may not have been their boyfriends, but they were like these guys were definitely trying to make it look like they were their mm. boyfriends. And we didn't know their names, so we just called them Brad and Keith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our apologies to any Brads, Keiths, Chads, Tristans, uh, or Kevins out there. We love you and cherish you. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys probably aren't that bad. <laughs> um, but no, I haven't actually thought about that in a while. It's just like. Like, I did it at first, and then uh, my friend, who's, like, one of the nicest guys in the world, would never, like, really, like, insult anybody. Uh, But, like, whenever I was in a bad mood or something, he would always try to, like, make me happy or whatever. And so we would walk, like, we'd see those two walking by, like, oh, look, there's such and such and such and such. I don't want to say, like, the names of the girls. Um, Like, oh, and they got Brad and Keith with them. Nice. (laughs) It would always lift my mood. (laughs) Um, so this scene with Principal Flutie and Bobby is really funny. (laughs) He's like, he's like trying to reassure her. She's like, I don't want you this to like, like ruin your first day or like color your perception of the schools. We never, we almost never, we very rarely have dead bodies stuffed in lockers. In fact, I have a very strict policy against it. <laughs> um, that, that is a line of dialogue I wish had, had, had made the into the regular episode. But Buggy is just like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. Um, uh, can I see the dead body? And then apparently he says yes. Because she's like able to just walk right in there and yeah, look. It's just a direct cut to her walking into the locker room. Um, and then unzipping the body bag and looking at the corpse that is still there. So apparently... So this is like... like this is one of my big problems with the episode, this scene. Um, it, so I've always known Buffy is like... I've always accepted that there are some campy aspects to Buffy. Yeah. But it's not entirely campy. Like, there's... It's like there's this dramatic musical buildup to when she's looking at the neck, sees the bite marks, and then she just looks up and says, "Ah, crap. Yeah. And that... I, it almost comes across as just goofy. Yeah. And 
it's not the kind of thing that and like later on almost like the entirety of the fight scene with the vampires at the end that's what it comes across as it comes across as goofy not not like a good mix of like camp and uh good fight choreography and like kind of zingy one-liners like it always comes off as cartoonish yeah and that is not the tone that you want with buffy like if if buffy had had that tone it wouldn't have lasted i agree and if it, if it even if it had lasted it wouldn't be like the show that we know we, today we, we wouldn't, wouldn't be, doing be here broadcast. um they she goes to the library um giles she tells giles what happened um and they have, a, they have a conversation that's very similar to the this one is, they have. This is the spiral them. staircase conversation. Yeah. And um, it's... It, it is... The beginning is pretty much word for word. You know, the she didn't expect there to be vampires. You know, this wasn't what she was after. But the scene actually goes a lot on a lot longer. Which is interesting because most of the scenes in this have been abbreviated versions of scenes yeah. we see in Welcome to Tom Up, but this one's longer. And it has a moment that I wish had been kept because it's so good when Buffy says... Um, Giles says that he's a watcher sent to train her and prepare her. Yeah, and she says, well, you didn't see what they did to the last person they sent to train me. And one that just, wow, like so much, you just learn so much in that one sentence. Yeah. And then she goes on this monologue that is, I'll say, it's a bit on the nose about, like, I just want a normal life. I, it, it, you know, laying out the to themes. To be like so. other girls. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, um, uh, it is laying out a theme pretty, a little heavy-handedly, but I, I just, I liked this scene. I thought it was really well done. I think with a little bit of editing, that speech could have been in the original episode yeah and uh i i like that i like the part where she basically um giles says like oh i know this is tough and she's like no you don't know yeah and i really like that because we're so used to like seeing uh like giles and buffy working together Mm -hmm. but like giles as a watcher like it seems like unless you're involved with like looking after the slayer you don't get too much action yeah so like Giles thinks that he's prepared for this role. Um, he's obviously not prepared for Buffy, but like yeah. Buffy kind of like throws out like you're probably not prepared for a Slayer, yeah. and she's wrong. But I mean, it's it's a decent like leap for her to make, and it's a it's really nice because like Giles has only been at Sunnydale for a couple weeks, yeah. So, um, and then of course, much like as in the original, or I keep saying original pilot. This is the original yeah. pilot, the eventual pilot. pilot. Uh, Xander overhears this whole conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that night, Buffy goes to the bronze. Um, we never actually go into the bronze. She's just in line um, outside where she where talks Jonathan to is. Jonathan. Yeah. Um, Willow comes up and, or Xander comes up and tells her that Willow isn't there because she's at the school with some okay. guy. And okay, so. This whole bit is earned really well in the, um, in, uh, Welcome to the Hellmouth. Um, Buffy and Willow have a conversation in the bronze where Buffy encourages her to be more assertive to Carpe Diem, sees the day, and then she sees Willow leave the club with the guy and recognizes that he's a vampire. 
So there's a, there's a lot of connections yeah. that are made. Um, we don't see Not Willow meet this guy. Buffy doesn't see it. We and don't Buffy's, get a carpe diem either. Yeah. And Buffy's immediate... Basically, when Xander like, is like, oh, she's with some guy, Buffy's immediate reaction is, what? Not Willow with a guy? Can't, couldn't be. And I'm like, you've known her for one day. That's really <laughs> judgmental. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, we've only got 25 minutes to get to where we're going. Um, and we need to get to this climactic final moment. But it, Buffy does not come across very well yeah, in this and, moment. And, and like it's... And it seems like she's very comfortable around Xander, but not comfortable around Willow. Yeah. And like... You definitely feel like uh, there's more, they've built on more with the mm-hmm. Buffy Willow relationship, even that early on in the actual pilot, as opposed to this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she, we do get to keep that thing where Buffy um, can identify a vampire because his clothes are really out of date, um, which does happen in Welcome to the Hellmouth, but is really not something they keep past that. Um, yeah, because, I mean, many of the vampires, looking at you, Angelus, have a very good sense of style. Oh, yeah. Um, also, you know Darla. Has a, Darla. Darla yeah. is very stylish. Yeah. The a- Angel's rocking the D&G. He is, he's good to go. <laughs> oh. I can say that. I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> um, so, Buffy runs off. Xander follows. Uh, we go back to this theater, this set of something. And um, it's a set that was clearly built built not to look like the set of any show, but to be able to be, like, the best for a fight scene. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of, um, on 30 Rock, there's um, a flashback to some show that Jenna's in. And, like, the, like Jenna's in some weird, like, metallic bodysuit skirt and with, like, <laughs> roller skates and she's talking to someone who's in like a cowboy outfit and there's other weird things and when it cuts back Liz is just like what show was that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it also makes me think of that makes me think of an episode of Buffy that's going to come later um, that has a uh, a weird play and that's all I can I'll say Um, so Willow's talking to this guy um, I'm sorry, I keep calling her Willow. Not Willow is talking to this guy. How dare. And she's like, oh, I'm shy. And he's like, well, you're about to be dead. He basically, yeah, he basically is like, you're an idiot. I'm going to kill you. No, he does say that. Like, And I mean, if you think we're being mean to Willow in, or to not Willow in this, the people in the episode are even worse. Oh, my gosh. She's just... She's just a charismaless vacuum. And I'm sorry. I'm sure Riff Regan is a lovely human person, but she's God, a... what if she was a listener? Like we would have broken her heart like <laughs> over and over again. Um they um he bites her, Buffy um arrives and uh saves her, and um she's pretty cocky. She's like you're all alone and I'm gonna, you're a vampire and I'm gonna kill you. And he's like, you're wrong. And she's like, you're not a vampire? And he's like, I'm not, I'm not alone. alone. And there we get like five other vampires appear, including, um, hello, fire truck. Um, <laughs> one of those red fire trucks. <laughs> um, 
one of the vampires is Julie Benz's currently unnamed Darla. <laughs> um, and then we, we get this fight scene. Um, Xander throws her a broom that she uses to... Uh, uh, she stakes a vampire with. And the vampire, like... Dusting, dusting scene. Oh my gosh. It, it takes is, forever. It takes so long. And it I looks mean, I get really that it, bad. Yeah, I get that it's like supposed to be the first one. So like they want to add a little more detail to that, but yeah. it does not look good. No. Um Willow grabs a cross and she um she Willow kills Darla with it. Yeah, like she literally like when Darla is like on top of Xander. Willow, like, gets the cross, um, shoves it in her face, and kind of just keeps it there. Like, I yeah. think she melts her face off. Yeah. It's like... And it's one of those things where I'm just like... And even then, it doesn't look like there's a lot of charisma. She's like, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's just, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, and she's just kind of standing there doing it. And I'm like, listen, I know this, is, this isn't canon. This doesn't track with the rest of the series. But there is no way that even our beloved real Willow... Could have killed Darla in the first episode oh, of the yeah. show. Um, <laughs> By the way, uh, Julie Benz as Darla in this episode looks a little bit like Florence Pugh. She does. She's a little... Um, um, I think it looks like she maybe lost a little weight between the unaired pilot and the... Uh, yeah. The Hellmouth, and like, she's got a little baby fat on yeah, her cheeks. And, yeah, and the last thing I saw uh, Florence Pugh in was uh, Little Women... Um, and like I think the hairstyle matches her like mm-hmm. younger Amy uh, yeah. hairstyle in that movie. Um, Florence Pugh is in a TV show. It's one of her earlier roles before she got big. It's called Marcella. On um, it's a Netflix show. It's currently got two seasons, and a third is supposed to be coming soon. She plays a minor recurring role in the first hmm. season. It is a very good show. It's got it stars um, Anna Friel. Who, did you ever watch Pushing Daisies? Uh, I saw the first episode. Okay, she plays Chuck. She's the, like the female lead of that show. Okay, and um, it's it's a like a gritty British crime drama, um, but it's it's very good. Okay. And Florence Pugh has a um, has a has a minor role in the. First I do season. like Florence Pugh. She's in um, two of my favorite movies this past year: Midsummer and Little Women. Yeah, uh, and I heard I haven't seen it, but um, I heard Fighting with My Family is really really good. Um, oh that is her in that movie oh have you seen it no like but I remember seeing the trailers all the time and she's like I guess she's the main girl I could think so when everything I've seen about her because there's been all those articles about how like she's the big breakout star of the year which true she is Mm -hmm. that is like the third movie that's listed with Midsummer and um, Little Women I think that might actually be on HBO I might have to watch Um, that um, I'd like to watch it I think I mean Midsummer and Little Women were the bigger like you know, high profile movies yeah. this year, but I, I think like, really good. Cause Midsommar is like a 24, mm-hmm. uh, popular indie studio, yeah. which seems like a, uh, shit. What's that? What's that word for like oxymoron? Yeah. Oxymoron. <laughs> good job, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, little women is like, obviously like the big award attention getter and everything. Yeah. I mean, Midsummer should have been an award attention getter, but I'm not gonna, not gonna go down that rabbit hole yeah. of, uh, genre films deserve more recognition. They do. Well, and with that, we'll move on. <laughs> um, so yeah, we just. Get, I'm not. I don't think we can. Should no. This fight focus seems. On this, this fight, fight scene. seems it's, goofy. It, yeah, it's just like before, like especially when um, 
like Buffy and that guy like fall through like the stage, and I'm like, you get that off stage, like you, you get that off, you get that off screen like uh, crash bang. I'm like, great. All in my head, I'm like, all that's missing is like a symbol bang, and then it happened. I'm like, oh my god, this is a fucking cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Um, but they kill all but one of the vampires who gets away, and then they kind of they they sit and they rest. Um, not Willow apologizes. Like she's like, I'm sorry, I caused all these problems. It's like, shut up, not Willow. And then Xander says, So what exactly does a vampire slayer do? You idiot. I so I'm gonna say I think this is supposed to be like a sarcastic joke, but Nicholas Brendan's delivery of it is yeah. really straight. He he asks it very earnestly, and I I think it's supposed to be more like, so what does a vampire slayer do exactly? Like, but it's didn't yeah. um, didn't we? Uh, oh, I was thinking it was in Ted when Ted's like, what exactly is a vampire yeah. slayer? Like, what do you think it is? It is right there in the name, Slayer of Vampires. Yeah, sure. There's other stuff involved in it, but you can get a basic idea. Oh my god, the job description of a vampire slayer absolutely includes the phrase other duties as necessary <laughs> um so the next morning giles is they're like um sitting on those steps that are at the school um which that school is the same exterior that they actually use it's one of the few sets carries that, over that carries over but that school is torrance high it's a real school um, they use all those exterior shots of, um, and just it's don't where... go in there in the winter because you might find yourself locked <laughs> in. It's um, uh, that's the school where they filmed, um, I think nine hundred two one zero. Okay, as well. Um, and I think it was like it was like a very popular like nineties school location. Yep. Um, and they had to apparently they had to like certain things that they would film there. They'd have to film between the hours of like. 3 a.m. and 6 p.m. or 6 a.m. Because then they would have to have like kids come in for school. Yeah, because it was an active school. Yeah. So they had to be out of there by the time students started arriving. Um, but yeah, they're basically Giles is just like, you idiot. You revealed <laughs> your secret. You trashed the theater. Like, we're. If you'd have been any later, then not Willow would have been dead. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very un Giles like. Yeah. Um, and he's. Um, and he's like, these morons, no, no. And now we have to, like, we're a team, I guess. And I, don't I hope I good. never see that girl again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how I feel about the world being in the hand of this team. And he literally, like, says something like that. And Buffy says, don't sweat it. The world's in beauty hands. Trust me. And then she throws her stake across the crowded courtyard. <laughs> and it stakes a poster of Nosferatu. Which is like, apparently like they're they're showing that for like a film festival yeah. or something. So, again, goofy. Very like, goofy. Goofy and cheesy, not campy. That like, campy is like, um, intentionally there trying to get a ton of different definitions for what yeah. camp is but that is definitely one of them yeah i think intention is like really important and yeah. and i think they were trying to be come off as clever um or cool yeah. and it didn't work and we don't get this um you know the original the real episode 
ends with this thing where basically kind of the mission statement this year is Giles is one much more like accepting of Willow and Xander being part of the team. Yeah, and he and says the like, world is doomed. The world is, first of all, one of the great lines, the world is doomed. And But he's also just like, and you know, who knows what else we might face on the Hellmouth. Also, no mention of the Hellmouth anywhere yeah. in this. Um, it seemed like in the library scene, um, they were going to try to mention that. Because mm-hmm. he's like, you're not aware of all the other things. It's not just vampires. Yeah, That's when I thought he was going to go into like the Hellmouth explanation. Yeah, does but instead not it's just like, oh, here are books for werewolves, zombies, suck you by. I would be willing to bet after seeing this pilot, some network producer was like, but why are all of these things <laughs> at this school? And Joss Whedon was like, uh, they're on a Hellmouth. What's that? <laughs> it's a place where all the demons come from. Sign these papers, you're <laughs> in! So, um, and it's, yeah, the, the end of it is, it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's cheesy, but it's also kind of accurate. Like, Giles, Giles is very mean in a way that yeah. he isn't, that I don't care for. He almost has, like, it, if Snyder were, like, an actual kind of human being, yeah. like, he, if he, like, kind of accepted that he had to have Buffy around, as opposed to just, like, being outright hostile towards yeah. her, I feel like that's kind of what this Giles is. Yeah. And not a fan of it. Yeah. So, that is, um, that is the unaired pilot, um apparently there was a scene filmed um with angel um that was and it was david boreanaz but it was um cut for time it was yeah it was deleted but it is apparently pretty similar to the um the scene that his his first scene in when like a, yeah when they like what bump into each other in the alley and he yeah. gives her the he gives her the cross necklace. Um, oh, so actually, there's some dialogue here on the wiki. Helpful. So um, Angel says, "Is there a problem, ma'am?" Buffy says, "Yeah, there's a problem. Why are you following me?" Angel says, "I know what you're thinking. Don't worry, I don't bite." She backs off and lets him get up because I guess apparently he's like she's knocked her down. Or he's knocked her down. She's knocked him down. There you go. That keeps her fighting stance. Angel says, truth is, I thought you'd be taller or bigger muscles and all that. You're pretty spry, though. Buffy says, what do you want? Angel says, the same thing you do. Buffy, letting down her guard. Okay, what do I want? He steps towards her to kill them. To kill them all. Buffy says, sorry, that's incorrect. But you do get this lovely watch and and a year's supply of turtle wax. What I want is to be left alone. Um, Angel says, do you really think that's an option anymore? You're standing at the mouth of hell and it's about to open. So that's probably where, or that, that's not probably, that's where our reference would have been. Apparently. Isn't this like, this dialogue sounds fairly familiar. A lot of it is what's yeah. in Welcome to the Hell Mouth. Um, so yeah, that's, um, that is the pilot. Um, Joss Whedon doesn't have a high opinion of it. Um, he's, he has stated, you know, the version we watched is bootlegged. It's like, that's the only way you can watch it. He stated he is never going to release it officially. And I mean, that makes sense. Because, like, if you have something that you're proud of, like, a finished product, yeah. then, like, if people see and, like, form opinions on, like, something that was clearly unfinished and, right. and not even, like, 
worth airing like i wouldn't have a high opinion of it either yeah, i you know i don't i as a writer i don't go and show people my like first drafts and outlines of my work like that's yeah like not... they, they can make for like funny stories like when you talk about like oh yeah i was originally gonna do it this way but i mean like to actually see it yeah is really not that great and i mean there wouldn't be anything like technically impressive about this episode to like watch and be like oh that's how they did that yeah there's some funny lines that i wish had been kept um i'm it is i think it's like intellectually interesting to like look at it and see how the show um because i love thinking about how shows evolve as they go on um but even just from this unaired pilot to what we actually get um i mean so much of it is introduced we get allison hannigan we get, um, you know, the master, we get Angel, we get Joyce. Um, but also how much of that stuff is like, we that we didn't get to later. Like this reference of Dingo's Ate My Baby. Yeah. Clearly Joss Whedon had always, the first time he ever heard that phrase was probably like, band name. <laughs> like, kind of like Chris Pratt and Parks and Rec. Like, band name, call it. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, there, I feel like I had one more point that I wanted to make, but I... Oh, I was just going to say, despite its issues and problems, I can see, though, why I, a network would have seen this 30 Yeah, they saw the potential in it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a new story. It's a cool story. It's a story where um, you have a female character who is the lead and um, who has, like, depth to her. Um, and she's cool, like, she'll speak to, like, the younger generation, and she can also kick ass. She's so, lush. Yeah, she's lush. She will draw in, like, both the guys and the girls. Um, so yeah, it, it, it definitely has, like, the, the beginnings of what Buffy yeah. ended up being. Cool. Um, I feel like I've mentioned all, like, the trivia that I, that I had. Um, we, um... I don't think there's really anything else. Um, yeah, anything anything from you that you... Not really. It was like a... I, I gotta say, it was a fun experience uh, watching with you. Because yeah. like, this, this is one of the few times in the uh, in our podcast where we're going to watch something that I have not seen yeah. before. So, I'd imagine the only time. Well, unless right. like, we have our... Our special episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, well, with that, Jason, will you take us out? Sure thing. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back on March 29th with our special Quest for Camelot episode. Yeah. You heard that right. <laughs> We're doing a podcast about Quest for Camelot. We've been talking about it. You've yeah. been begging for it. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> and uh, then we'll return on April 9th with the season three premiere and with hopefully a special guest who is a friend of mine named Anne. Yay. Uh, I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. If you don't know how to spell it by now, I don't know how to help you. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at YamiJ357 and on Twitter at YamiJ. Is that right? It is right. I did just check it. <laughs> I'm going to have to check it a couple more times when we're doing these. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. Remember, the and is spelled out. And you can find us... Wow. 
You can also find us on YouTube where we will release a short video with each episode where we will discuss spoilers that we can't talk about on the podcast. Also, well, we probably won't have one for this, but... Won't have one for this one. Uh, Also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. And uh, cheers to Buffy. 23 years of Buffy. Thanks for being an awesome milestone pop culture and... Hey, all the things that you start, including like being a foundation of our friendship. Yeah. We love you, Buffy. We love you. All right. And as always, go slay and be gay. Bye. Bye.